and welcome to season two, episode twenty-three. Jordan, oh yeah, we did it of the Antelicast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly, and joining me as always is Brian Lamar. Hey, how's it going, Adam? Been a while. We took a little summer yeah, hiatus, vacation, all I ever wanted. <laughs> vacation, have a getaway. We're ready for the fall season. Ratings, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, sweeps. <laughs> this is a season premiere. What if we just started like? Every like fourth episode's a new season, <laughs> right? We knock out like five different seasons. Season eight, episode yeah. two and a half. This is gonna be a good one, though. I'm excited. As always, Intellicast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can find us on Twitter, EMI underscore Research, Intellicast One on Twitter. If you want to email us, if you want to come on the podcast, if you want to be a guest, if you want to come in with a rant, if you have an Everglades or a Mount Rushmore, you can reach us at intellicast.emi-rs.com on email and my own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly and Brian. Yeah. You want to talk, how's Parler been going? Oh, I kind of got a lot of news this weekend. Oh, really? I didn't know it was well, the news. The president. Oh, no. Not my president. No. Uh, <laughs> the president I mean, of the United States. I guess I should say that. Is he um, on Parler? Well, no. He talked about maybe getting off Twitter for a yeah. second because he was upset. But then he was like, they specifically mentioned not getting on Parler and then he's going to stick with Twitter. Interesting. Yeah. We should have had this on the news to cover. Um, I'm surprised he's not on Parler. Um, I'm surprised. I think it's the spelling. <laughs> you can't spell it. Are yeah. you surprised he's not on there because of all the, you know, white nationalists on Parler? I'm just surprised that he I – mean, <laughs> there is among conservatives a big backlash towards all the yeah. tech companies. And even on the left, a backlash towards the, 100%. Towards the tech companies. And so maybe going to Parler, that's probably not the right place for him to go. But maybe an alternative would yeah. – would, Get some competition out there, right? What if instead of daily tweets, we got like a <laughs> weekly State of the Union, like one bulletin, like a newsletter yeah. to your Gmail that was just like, here is all my thoughts for the week. Would you think it'd be more concentrated and better? Yeah, because he would have people do it. Right. This is like the best and the worst thing with our current president is sure. that number one – you get everything top of mind, but also that's the worst part of it. You get everything top of mind. And part of me doesn't want that from a president, but also we're used to presidents that are like what you're saying is yeah. I'll wait till the end of the week and I'll be have 400 people look at it and write it and then I'll release it. That's the other extreme. I yeah. agree. What? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, current events. Since the last time we recorded, America celebrated a birthday. Yeah. Our women became the most supreme athletes in the world. Yep. The NBA flipped upside down. Oh, my gosh. So much has happened. So much has happened. Like, you <laughs> miss a lot. Uh, the president said some crazy stuff on Twitter. Yeah. Go away. Come back. Whatever. Yeah. Stay. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but more so, some market research news happened. So much news. No, 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 news. Starting off, Bain. They won. Eh, we'll see if they won. It's kind of like there's like the draft grades that come out immediately afterwards. And like, how you know if this guy's good? Yeah. Uh, but Bain purchased 60% of Kantar. Yeah. Um, what does this mean? Whew, that's a big deal. It values Kantar at $4 billion, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a giant number. So that's good. Um, well, uh, this is a big what if. You know, there's so much has to happen the next six months, you know, the shareholders have to vote on it. That's get approval. We'll see how they integrate. Um, I think it's good in, in one way that we're tired of talking about it. I couldn't even imagine having worked at Kantar, any of the WPP companies in the past, what, year and a half of turmoil. Right. Yeah. I'm hoping that they can come into work, fresh breath of air, 
yeah. get down, do their jobs, and move forward, and that will help drive our industry. And I mean, everybody, if you don't, everybody knows somebody works at Cantor. I'm hoping they're feeling about, a little bit better about everything now that this is over with. Yeah. Um, now the challenge of integrating these two giant companies. Sure. That's still the next phase, I guess. Well, a lot of people that we knew at Cantor, or at least from like the quantitative, so we think about like the Millward Browns, yeah. Inside Expresses, GMI, Lightspeed, whatever, yeah. those type of things. Like there's been so much turnover in the last 18 yeah. months, two years. And so like if you're still there after now, that's got to feel good. But yeah. now like this like concretes you a little bit, right? Like it yeah. makes you feel like a little bit more substantial. Like this is something, right? Right. They've probably, they've probably gone through enough series of layoffs. I wouldn't expect... There probably will be some uh, economies of scale and efficiencies when they combine resources, but I, I wouldn't. Exp- I think they're pretty lean, actually, for their size. Um, especially, I mean, they've invested a ton of other companies already, so um, I think it's a good thing for the industry. And it's, I guess, it's a good match with Bain. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, what does this do for Bain? Yeah, so you think of Bain as a management consultancy type thing, right? right? So they are someone that is helping people make decisions. Sometimes those decisions are monetary, like a VC company to invest. Sometimes yeah. those are like business decisions. What should you do? Those type of things. Yeah. Um, does this make their business? They were already pretty data driven as is, and they had yeah. a data science department. Yeah. Like, does this help them more have more resources or do they take like um, kind of the best practices that they have with their data consultancy, data science department put it on with what Cantar is doing now. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different things there. Yeah. I mean, they, they just acquired a giant um, insights arm, I guess you could call yeah. it, on top of their other insights. So if they can right. merge those together, um, that'll be really interesting because like you said, the brands that you mentioned, they have really strong equity. They, they, for those of us been around for longer than a couple of years, I mean, Mobile Brown, just incredible reputation. And so did Inside Express and a lot of the old GMI stuff and a lot of the light spits and a lot of the, a lot of the stuff they rolled into Cantar, great brands. And so right. if they can figure out how to leverage that to best advise clients, that's a huge win. So that's what we, I guess, are betting on. I agree. Uh, next news story is Taluna is going to start offering influencers Bitcoin rewards. Yeah. So we like this. Yeah. Because one, it's about sample. Two, it's about getting creative with the incentives. And three, talking about Bitcoin, kind of the Bitcoin, like this universal tendency or uh, currency. Yeah. Tender is where I was going to go. And I combined the word tender and currency for tendency, which is stupid. Um, but what does this mean? I mean, how does this help? I mean, is this like start touching on with like blockchain type thing or where does it get us? I think so. I think they're, I think this is a great move for Toluna. They should have released this a few months ago before the, um, most innovative companies came out because yeah, oh, you don't hear a whole lot mentions. of Toluna. And then this sure. is a pretty, this is a pretty big deal, I think. And that it, it gets to the blockchain, maybe it gets to the verification stuff. Right. Um, with, with that's, I mean, that's obviously huge. It gets into maybe more, um, technologically driven people um, into you know deduplication maybe I think there's lots of benefits to this and the fact that they did a, um, a press release on it is pretty cool I agree um, I think it's cool I think it's a new way I think it gives a little bit okay so when you do Bitcoin now there's a little bit more you have to track the currency a little bit more because there's so much speculation around Bitcoin and that's not even getting into blockchain that's just yeah. like with the with the 
currency. And I think there's been so much focus, or maybe not enough focus, but it seems like it's loud to me, on the uh, incentive parts yeah. for surveys or any type of market research function. And so now that you could have something that is universal, you know, because Toluna is multinational, so I'm sure there's some of their panel members they have to incentivize and pounds or euros yeah. or us dollars or yen and even some like sweepstakes type things but now to switch to the bitcoin where you can be universal around like that gives them a little bit more stability yeah. also maybe a little bit more of like a tracking of that yeah currency yeah. um and then maybe um i'm also on the other end like um i i don't know like i think about that lisa welding brown uh, recent webinar that she was doing Right. And I wonder, like, so in her part, it was should respondents care about blockchain or do they know about blockchain? Her and Andrew Cannon. Right. Yep. Um, and I would say typically that why does it matter if they care about blockchain? Because yeah. like they don't care. They don't know what a river or a router is and they don't know. Right. You know, like right. they don't know about the inside baseball and like the jargon of market research companies. But with would they care about how they're incentivized this way? And if you start like, would someone be less likely to join the Taluna panel because they're nervous about what Bitcoin is or what the value of Bitcoin is, yeah. or the stability of Bitcoin, yeah. as compared to if you were just like, we'll give you a dollar for doing something. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, their partnership, I guess, is with Neo Currency. I've never heard of them before. Is that from the Matrix? <laughs> Neo Currency, very good. Thank you. Um, I don't know. It looks pretty interesting, so I'll be checking them out. So welcome to the. Um, I don't know. Welcome, welcome to my bookmarks, Neil Currency. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> last news story. Uh, well, not our last news story, but last one uh, as far as bullet point wise. Uh, <laughs> Dynata has launched a multi-supplier automated research platform. They're calling it Dynata Marketplace. Yeah. Uh, this is marketing news for Dynata. Yeah. Right? And so from what I understand, it's a new tool that people can use to help manage their sample suppliers. Yes. And directly integrate with what Dynata has, like all of their branches. Yeah. Right. So all the critical mix, SSI, Dynata, Peanut Labs, yep. E-Rewards, Research, all that. All that yes. Stuff, right. And so, and plus they can use their own sample, they kind of manage their own sample with that. Yes. Um, every sample supplier has theirs, but to give this type of power to the client as like a dashboard yeah. is kind of a new idea, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So this is interesting. Um, Dynata giving people access to all of their different panels is interesting. And you can add on even more panels, which is one of the value adds, which is a little bit unique. A lot of the DIY tools allow that. Um, this is interesting news to me. I have a strong opinion on some of it, um, but I think it's a logical move, I guess, for them. Um, is this more of a better for research or a marketing tool for Dynata? That's kind of on the spot, but I mean... I think it's a marketing tool. I think in the short term, um, I'm not sure how good it is. But in the long term, I think this is how our industry is moving. Yeah, They're calling it first-party data, and they're kind of almost getting rid of all their old brands. So well, what does that mean, first-party data? That yeah. just means self-reported. Self-reported data. Right. As So it's like could be survey data. Yeah. And anything, I think that's this is why they're calling it first-party data, is also anything that I can bring to the table with what we call a pens, I guess. Yeah. And so if I say, I'm going to give you all my Facebook likes. Right. That's my first-party data. And I can append that onto whatever survey questions you ask. So that, that to me, that's a benefit is that if they can combine all of these, if I own my third-party data, yeah. Then it becomes first party data, and then I can sell my first party data to clients. Right. I think that's the move that they're making. 
Um, I don't like what I don't like, and I'll just say it is I don't like the getting rid of their brands, which I think have a lot of equity. Um, e rewards and SSI specifically, or just some just the heritage of marketing research sampling is um, by Research Now and e rewards and valued opinions and SSI, just incredible brands. Um, and they're just kind of almost removing them. And that makes me a little bit sad, but I, I mean, I guess I understand it. They're putting them on one, one platform. Um, you don't know what you're getting. I mean, you right. can be getting Samplify, you can be Critical Mix, you can be getting any of those brands. They're very, very, very different. I've done webinars on this many times. So, and I think most people that buy a lot of sample understand those differences. So that's my little spiel, I guess. What do you think? Yeah, um, it's a lot of marketing to me. And so the first part is, you know, to come out and so like if you're selling to a client that they can have this dashboard now, this marketplace so they can manage all their sample, um, chances are the client would be, this isn't new. Like this would be like if you are, so let's say, let's I'll just use Bain since we mentioned their name earlier. So like if Bain is buying from Dynata, Dynata on their side has this marketplace up, yeah. right? And so they're managing whatever panel inside Dynata along with what other other panel that they're using, yeah. right? Um, so say they're using Scent or Lightspeed or something else and they're managing all that internally. And so now you're turning it and giving it directly to the client. Yeah. I don't see the benefit in that. Like I, yeah. to me, this is like a marketing tool. Like now you have this option. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, want this i don't change my own oil what the hell are you talking about right Right. the other part is so this first party data type thing um i think it's it's snake oil to call it first party this isn't new yeah like so like because i know like so not even not too long ago like somebody like lightspeed had when they were started to sell all these events yes like four years ago um every panel company that i know has some kind of like mosaic license or something right or uh prism yeah, codes like all these things, and so right. that's kind of that first part. You give things, you yes. give access, and then you pinned back onto survey results. Yeah, so all of that has already existed. Yeah, we didn't call it first party data; we called right. it appends. We called it take a survey and append. Right, it would be like saying, "Well, what about well, now we have um, super data, right. which is where we take a like that would be like the old I moderate. We do a quantitative survey, then right in the middle we interrupt them and have a qualitative survey. It's called super that's data. What you're, yeah. you're making up your own term for something that's already existed. Yep, and God bless them. Great at marketing. Yeah. This is great, but it's nothing new, nor is it bettering the industry at the same time. And to me, that has always been my, my thing about Dynata. And first of all, EMI wouldn't be where they are without Dynata. We wouldn't be like the doors for any sample supplier or market research company would not be open if it wasn't for a company Dynata. And that's awesome. They have opened up so many doors and like expanded our industry. But the problem everybody always has is that they polish a turd and sell it as something special. And then it's changing thing when it does nothing for the industry, it moves their revenue. And there's something about this industry that has this like, um, not for profit. We should all be working on this. We're trying to find out the best intentions of everybody and everyone's best opinion so we can make a yeah. better world, right? We can yeah. make better products. People come out with better things. And they put an extreme twist of capitalism and yeah. things doing things better for their revenue, which is great for them. But it, for some reason, like every so often when something like this happens, it rubs me the wrong way. And I'm like, who is it? It, makes, it gives me like this little brother punch up mentality. And I know that's uh. immature of me, but I'm just like, you, you can't color something as being best for the industry when yeah. it, it already existed. It's yeah. only what's best for you. And that's, that's kind of a rant, but yeah, it's good. It just at the same time, I mean, it's, um, I forget sometimes that the first part of our industry is market and marketing. 
And so it is a huge part of this industry is how do you market yourself? And Dynated does a fantastic job of that. But sometimes with things like this, I'm like, get the hell out, you know? Yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. I will do my rant. Fine. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Mine's a little bit different. Um, I love yours, by the way. That was good. Um, back to like the commoditization of sample, which I think is bad for the industry. That's a lot of what is happening here mm-hmm. when they're removing these brands. I think, um, I mean, I wrote an internal blog about it. It was way, probably, I don't know, 1,500 words, 2,000 words. I would love to put it on Green Book or something. But basically, I don't I don't understand why they're commoditizing all of their, their brands. And I think that there's a lot of people out there, probably a lot of listeners that are doing tracking studies that have been using one of those brands forever. And I'm wondering what the impact of their data is. And I, I think that they're going to have to answer a lot of those questions because people are going to demand SSI forever. People will demand research now and right. rewards forever. Oh, I know sure. they will. Yeah. We talked to some of those people that demand not just research now or Dynata, they demand e-rewards. Oh yeah. People are still asking yeah. for a Western Watts. Yes. Now, Western right? Watts or is another opinionology. points outside of protege. Yes. And, that, kind of and that will happen forever because of tracking studies and how are they responding to that? And not only that, are they still keeping the same recruiting practices that SSI or each of those individual brands continue to, they're, they're clearly put them on the same platform. Right. So there's definitely some differences and I would expect changes in the data, but I mean, the people that we know and work with on a day-to-day basis didn't make this decision, right? right, right. The people we work with are going to have to deal with this because this was a decision made by investors and yeah. their board and the C-level people and their right. chief financial officer. Um, and the people that we work with, are, you know, they've probably been told talking points. It's a great efficiency play yeah. for them. Yeah. But I would love, I'd love to hear more about maybe off the record what people think of this if you work at Dynata. Yeah, and that's Intellicast at emi-rs.com. <laughs> Send us an email and we'll put you on. Uh, you want to just break it up a little bit, do a Mount Rushmore. That was a lot of news. That was a lot of news. Uh, okay, Mount Rushmore. Um, it's hot. And I, you know what? First, a shout out. Okay. An actual good idea from producer Brian. Oh, yeah. For Mount Rushmore. Uh, yes, absolutely. He came in, I think it was because of <laughs> bo- like Boxing Day was last week or something. And I think like... Well, you were like, this the Raptors won the title. The Raptors win the and title. And then everybody's got to step up in Canada. It's like mid-season CFL right now. Right. The Rough Riders are looking great. The Argonauts are going to break Tiger the Tiger Cats are horrible. Ugh, Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> so he came and he said, I've got some of them. And he gave us like four and all of them are gold. Yes. But the one we're going to do today, because it's hot outside, is Mount Rushmore of things to bring to the pool. <laughs> Yes, it's been 100 degrees in Cincinnati every day for two straight weeks. Did you know it rained just a second ago? Yeah, it rained for like five minutes. Yeah, it's smoking. The ground is smoking. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Number one for me is a koozie. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. Koozie. Okay. I actually uh, stole a koozie the other day. Uh, somebody, there was, I we sat down in these chairs and there was a koozie at the end of the chair and it was a Notre Dame koozie. Yeah. And I'm a big Notre Dame fan. And yeah. some old man, like I wasn't going to pick it up. I wasn't going to steal it. And some old man was walking, said, dropped your koozie and took it and threw it to me. And I was like, well, this is mine now. Yeah. That was so, karma. Kind of nice. Yeah. Okay. My number one is a noodle. A noodle. I noodle too. I had noodles too. A noodle is just the best pool toy. You can float yeah. on it. You can fight with it. You can do all kinds of fun stuff with it. Yeah. Noodle. Do you ever take, uh, you might not do this. You probably do this, Peterson. Like you take the end of the noodle and put it in the water to get yeah. some in there, and then you do the yeah. horn and it blows out the thing. Yeah, yeah. If you like, if you ever like try to float in like two or three noodles, and you just kind of spread them out and roll on it like logs. Yeah, it's kind of erotic. <laughs> yeah, 
I love it. Noodle. I had noodle too. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go to my number three, and that is a built-in underwear in your shorts. <laughs> I don't know why all shorts don't have built-in underwear. That is great, isn't it? Right? Like seriously, yeah. I think when you're construct. Okay. <sighs> this is a lot. <laughs> but I think when most uh, – 75% of the time, conservatively, people are wearing underwear, right? Yeah. And I think when you don't wear underwear, it's because of something with the short or the fabric or the skirt or dress or slack or whatever you're wearing, right? But men, yeah. trouser. Yes. But if you go back to when you're making it, you would know, okay, there might be a liner. And then you could build in the underwear while you're doing it. Yeah. How much easier – is it big underwear that's bringing us down? Frivolum got us to where like that's why we don't it put underwear in all of our clothes? Built-in underwear is an incredible feature. How much that would save it's, everybody? How much laundry it's mesh, would you save? It's just enough. It's, it's all, just – I don't even know understand underwear a lot of times because I just know like it's just a thin layer of silk. No. Uh, between me and somebody else. But like that – I don't know. Is, is it support cleanliness? I don't – I think built-in underwear is amazing. And that's one of the reasons why I love having them in my swim trunks. Okay. Why don't you give two? Oh, okay. I only have two left. No, um, give me one. Give me one. Give okay. Me one. Um, I'm going to go with some sort of ball, like a, float, uh, a floating ball of some sort that you can throw around the pool because that is like hours of entertainment. Uh-huh. Um, just throw it back and forth. I mean, that's that's literally hours of entertainment. Ideally, that you can kind of hit somebody in the face with it, flash. Oh, you make gosh. them splash in front of them. Throw it right in front of them. It splashes yeah. in their face. Yeah. yeah. So it's a ball. I'm really into throwing balls and then jumping into the pool with the kids. Yeah. You do a million things with a ball. with the kids. Yeah. Uh, my last one is candy. Candy in the pool? Yeah. To me, I've never not had sugary candy at the pool. More so now or later. I think I've shared this around the office yeah. too. Like take some now or later, eat them, and then just keep them in your pocket. <laughs> and then like let the moisture of the chlorine water kind of break down the outside. This is such a that, form. Oh, man. Candy. And like a, ooh, like an Astro Pop uh, lollipop, you know? Yeah. That looks like a, like a cone. Yeah. A wax on the bottom. Yeah. Candy. Candy, yeah. unexpected. My yeah. last one, extra towel. You never bring. Usually, people bring Ooh, one yeah. towel. You need yeah. two or three towels. Yeah, you got to lay on one, then you got to draw off on one. Then yeah. you get one, maybe one as a pillow. Well, if you're taking a nap, pull them to prop your feet up. One to cover like your cell phone. That's not bad. Electronics, yeah. so people don't steal your car keys and your wallet yeah. when, you, when you get in the pool. I'm with you. Honorable mention for me was flip flops. Oh yeah, that's because, good. oh there's nothing worse than like yeah. if you're going on a trip or something and you guys swim and you gotta wear shoes to the pool, take yeah. them off. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Flip flops are good. That's good. Um you wanna hear a childhood pool story? <laughs> that's our new segment. Okay. Um so when I was very quick to learn how to swim when I was yeah. a child, like I was three when I was learning to swim. Yeah. And so we used to play the game Shark. Do you are you familiar with the not really game? so People, a big line of people get on one side of the pool and one person gets on the other side of the pool. And the goal is for the bunch of people, they're called minnows or guppies, to swim to the other side of the pool without being tagged ah. by the shark. And the more and the shark tags people and then his team gets bigger. Ah, yeah. And the goal is to be the last guppy or minnow on the other side. Yeah. But I, because of my little baby lungs, again, I've told you the story about getting sung on the head by B. Uh, I would get to be shark and I would never, and it's, it would go on for hours of me being the only shark swimming against like teenagers or like even like a five-year-old. That That's twice traumatic. A me. And I, plus I had a speech impediment when I was little. And so I would yell out shock and then never tag anybody for hours. It made me who I am today. 
There you go. <laughs> what a little childhood story. All right. A little traumatic. A little traumatic. That is a little bit traumatic. I should have stayed with the candy. I should have stayed with the nominators. <laughs> I was right. used to also, my mom used to give me like 50 cents and I would go and yeah. buy all the nickel and dime candy yeah. from like the little shop there. Like I remember lemon heads. The only time I ever got those handicap hot fries was Ooh. in the pool concession stand. Yeah. I don't know why they only sold them there, but I don't remember getting them anywhere else. Do you remember... I don't know why this just came into my head. I want to say it's like 1989, 1990. Yep. Pepsi ran a promotion to where you would open up the can and like a dollar would come out or like you might win money. Oh, yeah. I remember being out at the pool <laughs> and getting a Pepsi and opening it up and a $100 bill came out. But I was like five, four and super pissed because I was really thirsty. Oh, there was there was yeah. no liquid. There was in no there. liquid. It just money. Oh wow! And, I, and then what am I supposed to do? A hundred dollars in the Pepsi machine? Right. That doesn't help you any. Interesting. Yeah. A couple childhood stories today. Uh, <laughs> Are we Everglades. still doing Everglades? Everglades. All right. Give we'll me do- your worst stuff to bring to the pool. Okay. Flippers. The people bring the flippers to the pool. That's yeah. a waste of space. Get out of here. There's like 20 people in the pool. You don't need to get the flippers or the goggles out. Goggles. Yeah. You're just weak. As far as uh, I don't concerned. mind some goggles because I wear contacts sometimes. Well, is it a well? But as a, I'm thinking as a child, as early, yeah, okay, you're right. And then nose plug, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yes, both of the three. A nose plug. Um, my Everglades uh, dogs. Uh, no yeah. dogs are no place. Right, pools are no place for dogs. Just the hair factor. Yeah, uh, I put sunscreen. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You know, nothing like a good like redness to start off your summer and just keep it all summer long. Uh, and then last one for me, and this is a new trend, the gimmick floats. So have you noticed, like, when I was, I mean, throughout my entire life, the float has been just like, it's like five interconnected things and they had the pillow at the top, right? And that was a float. Yeah. And then maybe you had the big yellow seal, maybe you had the alligator. Yeah. Um, the inner tube. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe you were a little kid, you had the swim trunks that had the inner tube yes. to it, right? Kind of yeah. nice. Um, now there's been this takeoff of like gimmick floats where floats are in any shape or size. And so okay. it starts off with like a piece of pizza float or a donut float. And now you might see, you know what I'm talking You've seen this before, Peterson, right? Like I'm telling you, this is children under eight culture right here. <laughs> but like there's so many floats that are in just weird, like a, a tube of lipstick, uh, flamingos. Um, yeah, gimmick floats. I get it. Gimmick floats, and they're the worst. It's not clever. Yeah, it's not funny. They just take up a lot of space. So they just stupid. take a ton of. Like I hate floats in the pool because they right. take a lot of space. That being said, we have a float <laughs> that is an airplane. Yeah, and the bottom of the float has this little like spout that comes off it that goes into the water, and then there's the water gun, and so it takes water right from the pool and shoots it off the water gun. It's Whoa. pretty awesome. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, that's the only gimmick plane float I like. All right, cool. Let's get into our big topic of the week, and that is the Grit Report came out. Uh, more importantly, eh, not most importantly, but uh, the Grit Top 50 Most Innovative Companies came out. And every year, uh, we usually go off on a rant on this. Yeah, uh, We have big theories about like why the people on the company are bogus. Yeah. Um, why it's all just trash and no one should ever agree with that. And how can this company be ranked above this company? We we spent a lot of hot air yeah. on the uh, Grit Top 50 Most Innovative Companies list. And so this year, 
they flipped the script on us a little bit and came out with a couple different lists. There's still the most innovative list, but then yeah. there's a list for suppliers. There's a list for vendors. Yeah. There's a list for buyers. There's a list for emerging players also. Yeah. So basically anyone that was mentioned in the grit report, and that's what this is. I think we should put make that clear. Like you are scored based on your mentions, which is something we've talked about in the past, like how are these people scored or how they're put on. Yes. Um, so a lot of companies are now included in the grit 50 most innovative companies list. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to start. I can start. Go ahead. Um, interesting. I think, that, I think that based on our feedback from the podcast, they clearly made some yeah, changes. 100%. But they did talk about, um, they talked about is it is it's a brand tracker using innovation as the key metric. Sure. I'm glad they kind of said that. As you mentioned, there are a bunch of new categories, which we were one of them. And what I found really interesting is they, they, first of all, they cleaned the data and limited a thousand people. Really? <laughs> yeah. They they eliminated nearly a thousand completed interviews during the data cleaning process. People are trying to cheat the system. Market researchers. A thousand. The system. Which, by the way, there are 6,663 total responses. So they were they removed about, six, what, six, six. about one-seventh <laughs> about yeah. one of the responses. They yeah. removed, which is kind of crazy to me, first of all. And only companies that received 18 or more mentions made it in the core grit top 50 list. Gotcha. So anyway, there's Just my look first at slides. the core list. So number one was Ipsos, right? Yes. Ipsos is the top of the list was the people, the biggest companies in the world. Right. Because based on the scoring yes. now, we know because they were mentioned. Yes. So someone could put, they, maybe they could put, they are not innovative. Yes. Like the big guys, like Ipsos or one of those. Like, Cause I think GFK was even on the list, right? GFK is down the list. They're at 23. Okay. Uh, but Ipsos, Kantar, Nielsen, one, two, three. Um, Lieberman Research Worldwide is number four, which makes sense. They're a pretty big company. They're yep. well-known. And then you have what I consider to be more of the techie companies coming next. So it's Zappi, Hotspecs, um, System One, Qualtrics, Donata, Vox Popme, PRS, and Vivo, which debuted. They're, they're the highest debut company. Right. Um, and then you have Ask Your Target Market. You have Google, Delvinia. So a lot of, like, I consider them more the techie ones. What I did was I looked at the gold top 50 list. Yeah. And I was Great. like, yeah. So I put, if you're Nielsen, you're the biggest marketing research company yes. in the world. You're number three on the most innovative. That seems about right. Yeah. Close enough, right? right. Ipsos is the resources to be innovative. It's all about marketing. And sure. they acknowledge that in this report. It's mostly marketing. Who's the best yeah. at marketing? Um, Ipsos is number one in the list, number five in the gold top. Um, what is it called? Top 50? Yeah, sure. And um, Nielsen, number one. And the Kantar is number three and two. So they did pretty well. Right. Um, Focus Visions listed, um, IRI, Fuel Cycle. Some that aren't, this is kind of what's interesting. Some that aren't, maybe you don't want to be in the list. Okay. Directions Research, which is the 29th biggest market research as yeah. of last year, which I haven't had the gold report yet. This sure. Year. But they're not on the list. Burke isn't, but would Burke want to be on the list? I don't even know. Do you want yeah, to be considered sure. innovative? Yeah. Um, Engine isn't on it. I don't think YouGov is. The More Pace Market Strategies right. merger isn't on here. Wow. Um, so... I know I, I did kind of a deep dive in this, and I'm, I'm I've kind of come around to understanding how I should interpret this. But I spent a lot of time. I oh, spent yeah. a couple hours on this. Well, there's something when you mention companies like Directions, Burke, Engine. I know Market Vision isn't on here. Yep. Uh, so if you think about custom research or quanti- custom quantitative research, like traditional firm, yeah, they aren't listed as being innovative, right? So maybe that's something. But companies that are solely 
like based around innovation. So yeah. they didn't. Have, so if you're new to doing custom quantitative research, like a Zappy yeah. or somebody like that, then you are listed. So it's kind of like Zappy. Well, Zappy isn't necessarily doing anything that Directions isn't. They're just doing it agile. They're saying, which is more exactly. Like a band. So they're doing it on it's a smaller marketing. scale. So yeah. is it innovative to be on a smaller scale right. compared to someone who's doing it a lot more and a lot more of it and have been doing it for a long time? Right. Because they're not like, here's the thing. Here's here's kind of a crazy thing that I think we lose track of sometimes yeah. with quantitative custom research. Yeah. The math's all the damn same. So you can't get innovative with math. Yeah. Right. Chi yeah. squared, all those, like that's all the same math has been around forever. Statistics, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just the marketing of it. Yeah. That can be different. I have a good example. Right. I have a visual, which is the whole, oh, I'm yeah. not sure if we, we haven't done this on the, on the podcast before. I'm going to show Adam a visual. Right. So hot specs is number six this year. There were eight last year. And then I, so I'm like, I wonder what they're doing. So I go to their website. I'm going to show you their website. So if you're listening, get go to hotspecs.com. Hotspecs.ca, right? Cause you're, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> So this, oh my god! Oh, their number one thing on their website is that they're the home innovative. Page. Home oh page. my god! Well, listen, this is kind of cool. I went down a rabbit hole here. Hotspecs voted number one most innovative insights firm in North America. Like, first of all, that's not true. They're listed as number six. Okay. Whoa. This is. I'm going to tell a story here, so nobody email me yet. Okay. Ready. Okay. Then they say voted a top global insights innovator five years in a row. Oh, this would be six years in a row. I'm like, how are they? How are they saying they're number one most innovative insights in North America? So then I started going down this rabbit hole. I'm like, well, then I read a blog. Their CEO wrote a blog. Shane? Who's who's a Canadian, yeah. by the way. Pretty sure. Yeah, well, okay, too. Um, so like I think they're just making this up. Like, you can't just make this up. I know he sent some <laughs> promoted tweets this weekend. Yeah. Thanking everybody for being number one. Yeah. yeah. So then if you go through the grit report, I'm like, okay, they're, they're number six on this one. And then I kept going down the list to all the other sub lists. So they're, sure. not, they're not in data analytics. In full service, they're number four. And then I keep going. And they're number three in qualitative. And then they're in other emerging players, which is the list we're on. They're, I think they're tied for sixth. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. They're just making stuff up. And then I found it. Okay. Page 75 of the of this report. Okay. They broke it down by region and by buyers and suppliers. Okay. Okay. So if you look in North America, the people that rated this in North America, the buyers, they most buyers in North America ranked hot specs as the most innovative. So 79 people. Versus, I mean, it's a pretty big win, actually. Cantar was second at 60. Huh. So, so that's how they did it. They went deep into the group report, and that is true. That is a true statement of what they're saying, um, is that they were the number one most innovative insights firm in North America, as voted on by clients, which is even better. That's to right. me, is, that's what you want to be voted on, I guess, not yeah. by suppliers. Um, but they're number one. That's a true story. <laughs> this blew you away. Wow. <laughs> so hot specs, good job. Fantastic job. This then, is exactly what I shamed Dynato for earlier, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And then Kantar, almost every other region, Kantar is ranked number one. And Insights Consulting did really well in Australia, New Zealand, and Africa. Huh. But anyway, um, so Hot Specs, what are they, number six overall? Yeah, number six overall, but number one, that is a true statement. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So some things that I got that were cool. Um, I like, there was a ton of debuts on this, which yeah. is great. Um, I really loved like a debut of like a knowledge hound. Um, that, that was kind of cool. I, I, you know, I, I wish it was on here was, um, uh, consensus point. 
Yeah. Right. I really like that uh, predictor tool that they displayed at IAX. Yeah. Um, you know, join the dots. Yeah. They, they've been in the news. Black Swan data has been perking yeah. up. Uh, I love Periscope by McKinsey being up there. They've been yep. at IAX a, a few times lately. Um, I'm, and then, you know, Kelton, who who is kind of new. Um, and then, like, I looked at some of, like, the biggest droppers. And so, for me, like, I see a company like GFK dropped. I think we all kind of know the story behind that. But then, like, Vision Critical, down 28. And I'm like, well, what have they done that I, would... I think, did they separate them? It had to be separating Maru and Vision Critical, they, right? They talked about that in the intro, which I don't have it memorized oh. right now. But they talked about, like... Um, they combined kind of common misspellings like Nielsen. People yeah. kind of misspell Nielsen and even Nelson. They can they just put with okay. Nielsen. By the way, there's a there's an opening out there for Nelson marketing research. If oh, I think you can do pretty well on the secret report, I mean, but I think that they said they split up Maru and Vision Critical. Are you surprised by PRS coming in and being the highest yeah. debut at fourteen? Pretty surprised because I would tell you, like in the last yeah. few, I would say in the last three to four years. PRS, what, what I know about them is, you know, they do a lot of the packaging type thing. But then um, I've seen like a increase in how they've been at shows, but then, you know, putting Alex as their as their head out there in the last year. And I wonder if that if putting Alex out there and the big push for him and knowing what he had already as like system one with name equity. Yeah. If that was a huge boost, because, again, if it was just on mentions. And so it was all over my LinkedIn. It was all over everything that I've ever went to it was all about him becoming in charge of PRS. And I know yeah. what type of impact I had at System 1. He speaks at a lot of conferences, right? Yep. And I wonder if that's it. And it, and that also makes me disappointed that me getting named president this year didn't have the same effect with EMI. <laughs> um, but, that's true. Yeah, yeah, number 14 is huge. If you go to their website, uh, they promote it pretty heavily on the on the front page that they're listed. I mean, everybody's promoting it right now. That was the, that's kind of the joke that I raised in the crit top 50. Of right. But um, you know, they're, they're really high and they, they talk about it a lot. It's just all over their website. So yeah, good job by them. Yeah. Should we talk about us? Yeah. Uh, so, you think, remember last year we ranted and raved about how this list was a fraud. And now I feel like we have a lot more information about how this is made, right? And we know that it's about mentions. We know it's a lot about marketing and what you can do to be top of mind with people, which ultimately when you're trying to run a business, being top of mind is the best thing for it. Um, and we've talked a bit in the past about how sample companies really weren't well um, represented on uh, this list. And is it a question of us not getting our due or is it a question about us not being innovative? And then this year, uh, it was all great for us to point from a distance, but now we're on the list and I feel like there's a little bit of responsibility now, yeah. right? That, that we need to be innovative and what can we push that thought with? Um, what do you think about sample companies in general being on this list? Because there's any, because yeah. to me, like, so I see names like Dynata and Taluna right lucid and metrics lab being very similar then i see yeah. a company like astro target market yeah. and lucid that are doing things yeah, extremely different. different from everyone else yep so but dynata is ranked above them yeah i guess maybe this goes back to me just reading the list wrong right like i'm reading the list wrong because i should be thinking about mentions and marketing dynata has a high awareness right, right? They have a very high awareness and so what if anyone like it's almost like kleenex Right. Yeah. If you have a piece of tissue paper, you say, "Hey, pass me a Kleenex." Or yeah. Whatever. And I think a lot of times when a lot of brands or or you know the seven thousand when they're thinking about sample, they think about Dynata first and get yeah. mentioned on there. Yeah. So there's only a few sample companies. But you wouldn't say the same thing about like Zappy or Hot Specs. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, they're great and they're awesome yeah. and I love the guys, but like yeah. I would never think that they would be. So if this okay, if everything's mentioned on mentioned, 
Yeah. That is a polite way of saying it could be kind of a popularity contest. Yes, absolutely. Right. And that's fine. So we should do a big campaign like right when the survey is launched right. next ones of February. But you would expect <laughs> like it's a credit to Zappy because I would never think that they're like the uh, the most popular kids on the block. No. They're the fifth most on this. Right. right? That's crazy. That's right. uh, that's crazy for them. Yeah. Um, yeah but also, so 6,000, whatever, 600 surveys. Yeah. Um, mentions. Number one, Ipsos, 292. 292 out of almost 7,000. Yes. So less than 5% of the people mentioned Ipsos. So yes, they're number one. But I think that to me, that's also another insight is that there's no giant company that's dominating the innovation in our industry, right? It's really going on popularity contest. Who's the best at marketing? And even that the best of the best, the top three, you're getting less than 5% of mentions. Well, I would argue that there are companies that are doing a jo- better job innovating than anyone else, but yeah. they're not doing a good job of marketing it. Exactly. Part, right? Like at 1Q, right. got 19 mentions. They're doing some, they've been very innovative and kind of cool stuff. They're number 45. Right. 19th. 19 mentions out of, but that's out of 6,600 people. Right. So it's, it's wild to me that you can have, you can have a company like Qualtrics that is number eight and they got 154 mentions out of 7,000, yeah. but then they can put 10,000 people yes. at a conference yearly and yes. have all the brands. And anytime you log on to take some kind of customer satisfaction, you get yep. rerouted to a Qualtrics type survey. Yep. And so it, uh, yeah, that's kind of the crux here, right? Yeah. Um, can we get on this list next year? Can we get higher than like an also ran other? I mean, it starts out with the word other. Well, we're not really, first of all, the way I like to look at it. Yeah. If you look in the, is it other emerging yes. players? We, first of all, my insight is we got as many votes as, um, Amazon and Facebook. Yeah. Take that Zuck. Yeah. Which, you know, this is, we need a lot of votes, but Hey, that's how I want to spin it. If, if, if other people are going to spin it, that's how I want to spin it. Are you surprised? So I just saw a name on the other list. Um, so the sample companies that are on there and so you got Dyneda, Astro Target Market, Lucid, Taluna. Yeah. A lot of sample in this yeah. section. Um, would you, are you surprised that you don't see more DIY tools listed on here? Like you got Lucid, but like you don't see a pure spectrum or a scent on here, you see them in the other emerging, right? That's what made me think about because I saw it on the emerging part. Yeah, they're not. But they really... didn't make. It's not like industry wide known that they're. Is it just too new? And also, I don't believe on the emerging players. I don't see a lot of. Um, oh, Pure Spectrum got some love in the technology space. Um, are there any blockchain companies on here? Yeah, no blockchain. I don't think. I don't think I saw Measure. I don't think no. I saw Veriglyph. I didn't see Opinion Economy or anybody. Yeah, right. None of them. Um, which I think should be on here somewhere. Right. Uh, and it also thinks maybe we're wrong, right? Oh, there's Pure Spectrum. They got a couple listed on the okay. emerging player part. But I think I've, maybe it is, if you get 6,000 market researchers fill out a survey, most of them are not reading the news every day. They're not. No, they come to the telecast for that. They probably come to the telecast. They probably don't know the SurveyMonkey IPO and or sold sure. and whoever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they probably aren't in to mark with blockchain. I mean, there's probably a small subset of people that go to all these conferences and are really into the news. And so I think the common, re- maybe this better represents the common researcher. Sure. I wonder, do you think they put a cap on companies 
like for e- email addresses that could come from companies? It sounded like their cleaning process was very thorough. Okay. I watched the webinar as well, oh, sweet. Um, which was very long. They did, I don't know how, I stopped after a little over an hour. It was very long. They had like eight people on it talking about it's still out there so i would recommend go to people sure. who have because they explain a lot of this stuff i think better than they have in the past that's what makes me so much happier this year i'm yeah. never being fired up last year but now i understand a little bit more of the scoring and i'm yeah. like content with it like this, yeah you're right this is a lot of work by probably a lot of people oh, the yeah. green book for sure and so i mean we, we were we could spend an hour talking about it i'm with you let's not <laughs> so hey anybody from green book wants to talk about it yeah anybody from green book wants to come on you want to put a pitch to it if you want to be the number one innovative <laughs> list of lists in north america like yeah i'll vote for you how do we not get on the podcast list what's their podcast list no okay there should be a podcast go inside baseball yeah you want to talk about our excitement yeah so we found out that we were going to be on this list yeah and they just kind of blanket it told us like hey you made the list so we didn't know what list we we actually <laughs> like it shows how dumb we are we thought that we were on like the big list like yeah. the top 50 we're like this is great but then we had a sidetrack we were like well what if it's just the podcast. Yeah. Like what if the reason people think we innovated because we were the first market research podcast. Yeah. And then like, could we, and cause that's our goal from this is yes. to succeed yes. in telecast from EMI. Succeed from EMI and then buy EMI. Right. And so <laughs> we thought like there was like a half hour span where we found out we were on the list. It had to be because of the podcast. The podcast was what was listed, not EMI. And that this was the takeoff for the podcast. Right. Yeah. Productive day. <laughs> yeah. And, and Naria mentioned. Right. No yeah, mention. Yeah, mention at all. Well, maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe well, there'll be room for another list. <laughs> right. That's funny. You got a lot of feedback for Lenny and, Lu- and Lucas and those people. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for episode 23 of season two of the IntelliCast podcast. As always, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can find us on the Grit Report number 34 on the other emerging players list uh, with, I think I thought I saw a thousand mentions. <laughs> yes. It was some mentions. I don't remember how many. The most mentions. <laughs> uh, you can reach us if you want to come on the podcast. If you want to talk about the group report, if you want to talk, if you had some market research news we should have covered, you can reach us at Intellicast at EMI-RS.com. Uh, on the Twitters, EMI underscore research, Intellicast1 on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. Anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? Webinars or visits? <sighs> you going to be in person anywhere? I don't think. Oh, I'll be. Hey, I'll be at a, at a um, the Great Lakes chapter of the Insights Association in Detroit in September. Hey. A little regional event. Hey, support your regional events. I'm a big proponent of that. So we're in the Great Lakes region of the Insights Association. There's eight regions. So whatever region you're in, check them out. I'll put this out there. Uh, Friday afternoon, I will be in New York City with nothing to do. Friday afternoon. Yeah. This Friday. This Friday. Friday the nineteenth. <laughs> Okay. I'll be in New York City afternoon. Uh, I don't have anything currently booked. If you want to have a beer or if you're socially above that, if you want to grab some coffee um, at noon on a Friday before I jump on an airplane at like six, uh, let me know. Are you going to hit the NBA store and get the discounted NBA jerseys? <laughs> Actually, so I, I wrote down this morning, because like, I write down like stuff like just random thoughts, just clear my head. And I was like, get Kevin Durant jersey at NBA store for Nolan question mark. <laughs> I thought about doing that. And then I also looked up like, is anything happening? There's no sporting events. There's no really? music thing going on. Um, yeah. And I've got a lot of work to, I'll probably be tired. Hopefully I'm tired from all the work and deals <laughs> closed. You never know. So if you're, if you're bored and in New York city on Friday, uh, shoot me an email, reach out to us in telecast, whatever, I'll find you. <laughs>
Um, anything else? That's it. Great. That'll do it. Episode 23 in the books. Jordan. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>